Go ahead and get started. And uh, thank you guys for, I know it's been a long, long day, and, uh, but thank you guys for uh, coming in and uh, uh, for this last class of the day here before we get on to our dinner uh, reservations. But what I want to do is just start off with a scripture. And what we're going to do is that we're going to say, uh, we're going to give out some scriptures. Uh, we're going to read them right after we get them out. And then uh, if you can just write down the scripture name and they're recording this, it looks like. So uh, if you want to go back and say, hey, what did that big ugly white guy say? You know, it's uh, uh, what, what was he talking about? You can go back and look at it and listen to it and see what, we're what, what was said. But uh, we're going to start off. It's going to be a foundation of where we're going to go. Above all things, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. And that's in 1 Peter 4, 8. And uh, that's where we're going to uh, start off with, and that's what we're going to lead off with. But uh, I want to say thank you guys for coming out to our class. We are a blended family. Uh, the class name is Blended Family Dynamics in a Christian Household, or a Christian Home. Uh, we realize, uh, no, let me, all right, let's go like this. Uh, yeah, let, let me do this. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Uh, my name is Bruce Facundus. My wife's like, hey, just stick to the notes. Don't be trying to be funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And I thought I, was, I had a little joke, and I said I better not do it this early in the thing. So, <laughs> yeah, just stick to your notes. Okay, uh, uh, my name is Bruce Facundus, and this is my wife Renee. We've been married for 27 years, wow. and uh, we. Uh, this is our son Cameron. He's uh, 29 years old. He's been a disciple for 12 years, and this is our daughter Rowan, and she's 14 years old, and she's been a disciple one year. And uh, yeah, and we have two other boys uh, that me and Renee have. This is our, this is my stepson. This is Renee's son, and this is our adopted daughter, Rowan. Yeah, Rowan's like Yeah, we and, adopted her when she was five weeks old. Yeah, uh, five weeks old, and we have two other sons. Uh, one's twenty-seven. His name is Bruce, and one uh, is named Desmond, and he's uh, twenty-six years old. And we have our grandson, Colton. He's yeah. two years old. Two years old. Don't forget the grandbaby. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so let's get started. So, who wants to win some chocolate? Okay, cool. So we and you don't even have to get the answer right. You just got to be able to answer. Okay. So Rowan's gonna come up here and read off a question for you, and it's some questions. Uh, well, I'll let her just read it, and then you guys can just raise your hand, and uh, Cameron will throw you some chocolate. All right. Can anyone guess how many blended families are being formed every day in the U.S.? Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen every day. Okay. So throw him. A are you? Well, you go give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, we like throwing. Y'all go give it to him. When we read our questions, y'all. No, Chuck and Candy in class. We're throwing. So the answer, though. Go ahead. Yeah, y'all wanna? About seven out of every ten About seven out of every ten families. Right. So you did the math. Some candy here. Yeah. We're gonna see if we got some catches here. Well, according to the Census Bureau, there are thirteen hundred. Wow. 1,300 new blended families every single day in the U.S. Every single day. Wow. 1,300, brother. <laughs> hey, go ahead, go. hey, you know what? Hey. <laughs> Correct. All right, next question. What percentage of Americans live in some form of a blended family? 15%. I'm going Okay. You got you got catch up. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. Yeah, over here. Fifty-six percent. That's very good. Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Those are those are very those were the closest answers. So according to Census Bureau, 
50% of all Americans live in some form of a step-family relationship. 50%. And that means families that are made up of two adults that have either been widowed, divorced, maybe single parents that have come together, and they usually have one or more children. Next question. According to the Census Bureau, what percentage of Americans remarry? Remarry. Okay, so that's the... 25%? 25%? 25%? Remarry. remarry. Get remarried. 80%? 80%. Very good. That's very close. 75% of Americans remarry. So what does that mean? That means you have a high probability of being one of those blended families, right? Knowing someone or even reaching out to someone who is in a blended family. How many blended families with children end in divorce? How many blended families with children end in divorce? 80%. Wow. 60? 70? Somebody hit the nail over here. 70%. 70%. Seventy percent. Yeah, you give her give her another one for the, hitting it right on the head. Dude. You know what? <laughs> All, right, All right. So why did we give you these stats? You know, we gave you these stats to show you that the difficulties, right? Uh, you all are here, obviously, because you're in a blended family or thinking of starting a blended family or want to know about blended families or know someone in a blended family. So it shows that there is difficulties and we have unique challenges as a blended family, but God has a plan for meeting those needs. And that's what the wonderful thing is. And blended families are very common. Now, some of the unique challenges of a blended family, you know, think about it. You're sharing new space with someone. You're used to certain situations. Now you're bringing everybody together, right? Um, submitting to new rules and values. Um, for the marriage and for parenting, you know, struggling with other shortcomings or, you know, with um, blended families, it comes with a lot of, you know, different issues and baggage and past things that have gone on, you know, as well as co-parenting, you know, you have your children have been parented maybe one way and now you have a different way, you know, doing that. So we're going to kind of talk through a few of those things today. You know, um, it's not a comprehensive list, but what we know um, and in our experience, you know, God has a heart for blended families. Yeah. You know, he's the one that breaks down walls and can build lasting bonds in any family. You know, so we kind of want to talk through some practicals of doing that today. So question, have you ever stopped to realize that there are examples of blended families in the Bible? Yeah. Okay, so you, anybody want to win some more candy? <laughs> Come on, give me, give me somebody that you think... Right or wrong, blended family that could be in the Bible, Old and New Testament. Okay. Take out. Boom. boom. Okay. Anybody else? Solomon. Okay. Solomon. Okay. Big blended family. David and all wives and children. We got that one now. Go ahead. Anybody else? Jesus. Very good. You know, give that one too because I didn't think anybody would grab that one. Uh, and, and you're like, that Cameron, give me the candy, please. Um, I, I played quarterback in high school and, in, and overseas. And he played a lot. I'm like, I can't, I can't throw. I'm so sorry. People are going to listen to this recording later and be like, they were hitting well, They were throwing stuff at people. They were throwing stuff. I'm so sorry. So sorry. So, so yeah, Jesus, you know, in Matthew, uh, most people don't think of Jesus yeah, as a blended family. They do not. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, in Matthew 13, 55 and 56, and in Mark 6, 3, 
think about it. God is the father. Joseph is the stepfather. And uh, Jesus had four brothers and, some, and several sisters. And that's where the scriptures were with yeah, that. Okay. Did you have anything, babe? No. Okay. So before we get started in uh, 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 healthy dynamics of a blended family, we want to give you an idea of our blended family. So Cameron is my stepson, like I said earlier. You, that's your, your. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's my cue. So um, Bruce and I have two sons together, as he has said, and Rowan is our adopted daughter. Yeah, and uh, we are... Um, Culturally diverse, as you can see. And I'll say we're black and white and everything like that. And they're, they're, uh, Rowan and I are from the great state of Louisiana. Uh, she was born at LSU Hospital. Cameron and I are from Texas. Yeah. And uh, Rowan and I love the New Orleans Saints. And we love the Cowboys, don't we, Cam? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I know those last, those last few had nothing to do with so being blended. really got <laughs> But we don't like each other on certain days. Okay, uh, let's get started. Uh, dynamic, we're going to go over the dynamics of a healthy blended family. And dynamic number one is begin by establishing, begin by establishing biblical principles for the household. So this is where we're going to start off with dynamic number one. There's plenty of dynamics, and me and Renee went over, and we said, look, we're just going to give you four of them for today. We're going to give you some more examples of some uh, at the end of the lesson here. But begin by establishing biblical principles for your household. In Proverbs 24.3, Proverbs 24.3, it says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. If you presently are in a blended family or preparing to be in a blended family, you must begin by coming together and establishing biblical principles. Make sure that each principle you decide on, uh, uh, which principle, uh, make sure that the principle that you decide on, uh, um, let me just start all over here. I lost my spot. Uh, which principles will you uh, need to establish and build a, a biblical household? The ver there's very biblical principles that uh, you can establish for your marriage and your family. Please make sure, and this is what I was trying to get out just a few minutes ago, the first principle that you establish is your relationship with God. If you uh, come with that, that is the first one that we're begging you as a uh, giving this class is to come out with that. You must prioritize your relationship with God above all things. The highest priority in any circumstance is your relationship with God. I know it sounds like I'm a broken record and I'm going to repeat myself probably again. <laughs> but uh, the relationship with God is your biggest investment that you can do for your family and do for yourself. So uh, until you relate properly with God, you won't be much help to anyone else. Uh, you, you, if you aren't doing well spiritually, it makes matters worse when you do uh, bring things together as a family. Uh, and it holds true for any family, though. If you're not doing well spiritually as a, a married couple, everything starts coming to unravel. But, you know, being uh, in a uh, uh, prioritizing your relationship with God, one thing that you have to really, really think of is the fear of God. Fearing God is one of the most important things. Without a healthy fear of God, the principles that you establish uh, for your family will be off. Uh, in Proverbs 1.7, in Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools decide, uh, despise wisdom and instruction. Right. And then in Proverbs 19.23, it says, Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Ask yourselves, do your spouse and your children, this is an important question here, and we're going to tap on this a little bit, do your spouse and your children see and feel that you love God? 
Do your spouse and your children see and feel that you love God above all things, including them? So Renee's going to share right now. Yes. So like Bruce saying, you know, you want to build a foundation that you can build this wonderful blended family on. And as he's saying, it starts with your relationship with God. You know, and that last point that he made about, you know, you loving God above all things, including your family. You know, if your children and your spouse see that, they actually are more sure of your love for them. You know, whether they're your biological child or your adopted child, your stepchild, it doesn't matter because they're as sure of your love for them because of your love for Christ. You know, it's the lack of a committed Christian walk is one of the key reasons um, for the self-destruction of a blended family, of any family. Um, you know, Bruce and I have, um, like we said, we have all of our kids, you know, and we've been disciples um, now for 21 years, you know, and, you know, we have children are, that are disciples, and we have children that are not disciples, you know, and our walk with God has measured and varied throughout the years, you know, and we, but we held firm to many of the principles that we set for our household, even when um, our children were not um, acting the way they should act. I would say that, right? Um, and so, you know, you have to hold to those principles. Not these children, but the other oh, yeah. uh, These children too. <laughs> Love you, son. You know, so, but one of the things that um, we found that helped us most was um, some of the practicals were to stare intently into the Word of God. You know, every day drawing close, close to God. And we know how it is. It gets hectic. You know, you have your lives, you have you know, um, different ta different activities going on, church, all the things you're taking care of. But make it a priority to draw close to God on a consistent basis. And also ensure that as a couple and as a family that you have a sincere and consistent prayer time. You know, Bruce makes sure that we pray every night together as a family. Um, with our daughter, you know, we learned, um, we learned a lesson from our sons, you know, um, where they had their sports, they did all these kinds of things, and we didn't really make time to come together um, in prayer every night, but with our daughter, since she was very little, she doesn't go to bed without praying with mom and dad, like, she'll be like, okay, guys, it's eight, and we need to pray, you know, um, and, and it has, we've seen a huge difference, we've actually seen a huge difference um, in raising our children that way. You know, but when you're careful to keep your priorities in harmony with God's word and not relying on your own wisdom, which you tend to do, right? When you come together, like, well, I've been married before, so I kind of know what to do here, you know, um, and everyone's bringing their ideals. You, you avoid pitfalls when you align yourself with God's word because sometimes there are pitfalls like your spouse may be feeling betrayed, like maybe, you know, you're... You know, you have an ex and you're kind of listening to, you know, what that ex is saying and you feel that struggle and that tension, you know, um, between the, the spouse that you have now and your ex or you, you know, have the children. I don't like my step parent or this step parent, you know, um, and you don't want your spouse to feel like they're in the second or third position in your family. 
you know, so that's why that committed walk is so important. Right. You know, um, your spouse, you and your spouse's relationship with God is the foundation and the surest foundation for building a secure and lasting blended family. Man, uh, you know, Renee touched on praying and, uh, you know, we did uh, family times. Uh, like I said, Cameron's 29. We have a 27 year old and a 26 year old. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, we, we love God. We, we were into sports big time. Uh, we have our, our youngest son is 26. He's a world champion in Taekwondo. Uh, my middle son was a, uh, he was destined to go to uh, just about any college to play uh, high, uh, football. And then uh, Cameron uh, was into football, into Taekwondo, into sports. And what we did is I felt like at that time that we had two gods, if that makes sense. I, I've never missed church. I never did anything like that. But the thing is, is that with them, I just felt like that we were looking back on it now. Not, not, you know, not during that time. I'm thinking everything's going great, but looking back on that at now, uh, it looks like I felt like I had two gods, you know, and I, they were competing and God's like, hey, that's not going to happen here. And so, uh, so I, at times there would be times that we would miss the prayer nights. I say, hey guys, go, y'all go ahead and pray and, you know, that, that'll be in there later or whatever. I'll see y'all in the morning. But with Rowan, uh, we learned. I felt like I learned. I said, I'll never miss another time. I'll never take anything for granted. And uh, so, amen. I just want to throw that out just to say, uh, you know, uh, we didn't have a book on how to raise every one of them. Um, but amen. Uh, we are learning from our mistakes, if that makes any sense. Okay, dynamic number two. And this is something for me and Cameron here. Uh, establish a relationship with your spouse's son. Children. Yeah, uh, your yeah, son. Uh, spouse's children. Sorry, thank you. Uh, a blended family takes a great deal of planning. There are potential minefields that you can avoid if you talk things over. Uh, one of the biggest minefields that you, uh, uh, one of the biggest minefields in a relationship, is with your children. Uh, it is essential that from the beginning you work hard to establish a real friendship and relationship with the children of your spouse. Uh, keep in mind that children take time. And to come around to the idea of having a new parent. And, you know, the younger children it might be a little bit easier. The guys are in middle school and stuff. It starts to get a little bit more iffy. And especially for the older teens, it could even, you're going to have to put in some time. Uh, if you try to rush the children, you will regret it. It is important to remember you're not marrying one person. You're marrying a total package. And that includes the children. If you fail to take time to establish a real relationship with the children, you start off with the children believing that they're not that important. And that was very, very important in me and Cameron's relationship. And I think Cameron's going to share a little bit about that. You must look at every way possible to develop each stepchild relationship. Uh, some steps towards uh, accomplishing this goal uh, would be first establish regular conversations uh, with the child as you show respect for their concerns the relationship will grow uh, after uh, offer to include them in things that you were doing and that's what I think Cameron will share a little bit about that mm -hmm. and uh, support them in the things that they like to do uh, and, and some of their interests, if it's sports or choir or whatever it is, uh, support them in that. And there, there are no substitutes and no shortcuts for this true relation. And I'm going to turn it over to Cameron right here. Awesome. Well, 
thank you guys for letting me share. Um, so I'm Cameron, as you guys heard. I'm the stepson. And I just want to share, I guess, my experience um, about those two dyna dynamics that we've been talking about, uh, but from the perspective of the child. Um, so first, uh, I remember uh, when I first... Uh, so I lived in Texas. Uh, when they were married, I didn't actually live... When they got married, I didn't live with them. Um, I lived with my grandparents, and they were in Germany. I was in Texas. They would come to visit, um, and it was always weird. <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird um, like relationship because uh, I'm sure it was, it was probably weird uh, for Bruce here. <laughs> Being a bunch of, around a bunch of <laughs> black people. You no, know, my goodness. He, um, <laughs> yeah, he definitely, um, like, he was nice to me, but it wasn't, it didn't really feel like a relationship. Um, it just felt like, you know, he's here and I'm kind of just going to ignore him, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, at that time they weren't disciples and, uh, when I, it wasn't until I actually moved with them, um, when I was eight years old, uh, soon after that they became disciples and, uh, I think... I saw a difference uh, in the way that he treated me. Um, I saw a difference um, because I saw, like, true love. Like, I really felt like he wanted me to be in this family. Um, even as an eight-year-old, I could see that. It was so clear to me. Um, and I remember, um, <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I don't really know, like, what this is going to look like. I don't really know, like, like am I, like, the equal to, like, my brothers who is, like, both of their child, like, am I equal to them, or, like, am I kind of on the outside, and I can definitely share that he never made me feel that way, and I'm convinced, like, it's because of the love of God, like, because of his relationship with God, that that was, like, why he treated me that way, um, he treated me with the true love of Jesus, I'm always grateful for that, um, so I feel like, you know, things weren't always perfect, um, but, I do believe that uh, to that point of just like God being the very first thing is like so important because without God, I do think it would have been very different um, how he treated me. And so I do believe like that is very, very uh, important if you want to have a healthy uh, blended family. Um, and then to the second point, um, just like, being having a relationship and establish, establishing that with the stepchild, um, he saw how important it was to to have a relationship with me. So with that, if that meant like bringing me to taekwondo practice, I know um, they were sharing how you know taekwondo did take a lot of our lives. Um, just we did a lot with it. Uh, we practiced like six days a week. Uh, we went all over uh, the state uh, for tournaments. Um, and we, we did a lot, but I, I know it meant a lot uh, because we loved doing it, that he was at every practice with us, that he was always, I mean, he even took a part of his basement, uh, which he loves his basement, uh, and like put like these Taekwondo mats down and bought this huge pad and we would go down there, me and my brothers would just kick it all the time and, it, and like, but it, he just showed us like he was willing to like sacrifice his stuff for us. Um, and so for me, that meant a lot. Like, I was like, wow, I really feel like he cares about me because he cares about the things that I care about. Um, let me get back in my notes here. Um, yeah, so uh, no matter, like, how differently or, like, how I felt or how I treated him, um, he always treated me with love. Like, he never made me 
uh, like feel different or feel like on the outside because I was acting like I was on the outside. Um, he never like treated me differently. He always treated me with love. I never felt anything different. Um, so I, I think that with a um, as a parent, like sacrifice is so important. Um, and he truly sacrificed for us. I remember uh, he would work nights. I don't know if you guys have ever worked a uh, night shift before, um, but it is grueling and it's terrible and it, it throws off your whole schedule. It honestly changes your whole life. But he was willing to do that just to be a part of my life and like to be a part of my brother's lives um, when we were younger. And he would uh, be able to bring us to uh, different places, bring us to football practice. I was big in the choir. Uh, when I was uh, going to middle and high school, and he was always there to like be a part of that as well. Uh, and he did that just so he worked those nights just so he can be in that. Um, and then when high school came around and we started playing football, uh, that was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And the crazy thing is that he actually became a coach uh, at our high school. Um, it's his gift for sure is, is football uh, and coaching. Um, he's a great, great mentor, great uh just coach figure, but also just like a father figure for a lot of people. And he, so he became our coach and I felt like that was even a sacrifice because it was like so much time to put into that. Um, and then also uh, just like he had to, he would like rush home from work um, and then like get to practice by like three o'clock, two o'clock or whatever time it was. And he would just be there uh, for us. Um, so I think uh, when it comes to like building that relationship with your spouse, it's so key, or with your spouse's kids, that it's so key uh, to really sacrifice for them. Um, and I saw that. And uh, when I think about uh, just those two points, I feel like are so strong for me. And like I'll always remember just that a relationship with God is first and foremost, yeah. just the most important part. Um, and then the second thing, uh, to truly have a... a, a a healthy blended family it takes sacrifice yeah. it takes sacrifice from a parent so yeah thank you for letting me share and i'll turn it back over <laughs> thank you son. thank you cameron all right all right so dynamic number three agree on discipline all right so bruce and i have different styles and discipline you know, I'm more like, don't ask for nothing, don't touch nothing, don't, if I say sit down, sit down. Cameron's going to keep laughing because he knows. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's it. Like, we're not even having this discussion. And he's more like, let's talk about it. Let's be more collaborative. I'm like, what? You know, and... <laughs> they have feelings. Let's listen to them. <laughs> you know, so it's a struggle, right? And a blended family because you do have to learn how to deal and discipline the children in different ways because you're going to have different opinions on how to discipline them, when to discipline them, how to discipline them, and how to mix the two um, parents and styles. You know, so um, some of the practicals that we have for that, you know, is find solutions, right, concerning discipline. You know, both of you sit down and talk calmly, you know, about it because it doesn't always, when it comes to discipline, I'm like, this is the way it works. It worked with me, with my parents, and this is the way it works, and I just don't understand how with your background that you guys do that, right? Stuff like that came out. 
you know, and um, when we had to deal with it, like I had to deal with my heart and understanding, you know, his background and where he's coming from, you know, with the discipline. And so um, one of the things that, you know, we did is make a list of where you agree and disagree, you know, um, it actually helped. We got advice um, from others, um, being open to discussion on it and compromising. You know, um, I never thought I'd have to compromise on, on discipline. I just thought it was the right way to go, you know. But we had to compromise on areas where we didn't agree. You know, um, you know, God wants you to find agreement with your spouse in the area of discipline. Because it's so important for our children for us to have structure and discipline in a home. You know, when you're um, in Matthew 5.25, it says, Agree quickly with your adversary. You know, agreement with someone you have a conflict with is not an option. It's an actual command. Right. You know, failure to obey this command will create heartache and disunity in your family. Yeah. Trust me, we know. You know, um, my authoritarian style, if they did something, I'm like, no, no ice cream for a week. You know, and then I find out Bruce and took them out for ice cream. The Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, happened a lot. So that created some disunity in the household, right? And I'm going to tell you, um, in our experience, if you fail to find that agreement, the children will know, right? And they'll exploit that. They will exploit that conflict, you know? So don't discipline unless both of the parents are in favor of that decision, you know? And if you can't come to an agreement, don't do anything. Actually take the time to tell your child or teen that you're going, you're not going to discipline at that moment, but you will come back and you're going to decide what the discipline is going to be, you know, and then return to the discussion table with your spouse without your children's input, okay, make sure it's a private discussion because once the children start giving input on what they think their discipline to be, should be, and trust me, we, our sons try to give input, you know, um, you know, you need to make sure it's in, in private because you don't want to get confused. But keep praying, keep seeking advice from your discipling partners, other experienced parent, parents, and for leadership, from leadership for possible solutions. You know, it greatly pleases the Lord when you seek agreement with your spouse, you know, and it creates love and respect in the marriage, you know, and it just takes, you know, two willing parents, right, to take the time and make the effort to find a compromise. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... So what we're going to go now is we're going to go over the last dynamic, and it's uh, lots of communication. You know, communication is the lifeblood of a healthy Christian family. Effective communication enables you to find the forgiveness, the reconciliation, and the solutions that you desire. Don't give up trying to communicate. Commit yourselves to continue talks. You know, don't get frustrated with all this. Until you both have agreed on a compromise, it is super, super important that you do not walk away frustrated. And if you do, make sure you come back. And if you can't come to an agreement, this is where you, you get help from others that uh, you, you, you look up to and spiritually and say, you know what, we need help. Uh, and that's something that me and Renee, I, I believe, did. Or, well, in Louisiana, we say me and Renee and... Texas, they say Renee and I. So, uh, but uh, that, that I, I believe that we uh, we actually did that uh, when we, there was times that we could not come to an agreement, 
And so what we would do is just say, okay, we, we need help now. Yeah, especially with discipline Cameron. Yeah. Right? Because he's not, you know, Bruce's son. So we had to really seek a lot of input as to what that would look like with him. Because Cameron's father is still in his life, you know. Um, and then my mother is actually one that's like really <laughs> there because she basically, she... Um, was Cameron's parent until he was eight years old. I was in the army and I lived overseas. And um, when I went into the army, she actually um, obtained custody of Cameron while I was in basic training without my knowledge. So I ended up spending eight years um, fighting to get my son back. So not only did he have me as a mom that he didn't even really know, but he had my mother who was you know, playing that mom role and then he had his father and now he has a new father. So we had a lot to work through um, when Cameron came to, to live with us. So communication, especially between me and him, as I'm trying to talk to Cameron's father and talking to lawyers and doing all this kind of stuff was really key. Yeah, and uh, so I know it was a lot uh, really, really confusing for Cameron. And uh, I seen that. And I remember when Cameron was eight years old and he was in the house, and I could just see him, he, he just looked scared to you know, didn't know what to do, or, you know, it was just like, uh, you know, he, he wanted to please me, it seemed, and I remember sitting down with him, and I told him, I said, Cameron, you know, it's up to you, but, you know, because my sons, my other two sons are uh, one year, uh, two years old, younger than him, they, they would say, you know, dad, 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 and he would say, uh, uh, Mr. Bruce, or, uh, uh, you know, you could feel that it just felt uncomfortable, even when we were out in public and stuff, and so I sat down with him, I said, hey, man, if you want to call me dad, you can't. But that's up to you. That's up. That's that's your that's your call. And he lit up, you know, to have a white daddy. And it was, uh, you know, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, communication is the best prevention against any division uh, within and, the family. And um, one of the things too is uh, with our daughter. Um, she's adopted. We adopted her when she was five weeks old. And um, from the very beginning, I, um, since she was a baby, I would read her books on adoption. And we let her know, we showed her in the Bible how God has adopted us all into his family. Mm -hmm. So we made her comfortable um, with the concept, right, of adoption and what that meant. It didn't mean that we didn't, you know, love her. She had a different role in this family. But she understood from the very beginning what adoption meant. You know, and so, um, again, communication, you know, we communicate um, as a family, you know, on the different issues that could cause pain points, you know, down the road. Yeah, like Renee said, uh, I was a big believer if we were going to adopt, as soon as that she was able to comprehend that what adoption is and stuff like that. Uh, we were going to we were going to let her know, and and what it's done is saved us a little bit of heartache uh, down the road because people would bring it up right in front of her. Is she your daughter? Or in in her mind, if we didn't let her know, she'd have been like, "Yeah, Miss Daughter, what do you think?" You know, and then so, but uh, we let her know, and uh, that's my angel. God, it's yeah, my angel. Yeah, and it's interesting because. Um, her birth parents had another child a year after her, and so she actually has a relationship with that. Um, it was a boy we found with her brother. He was adopted by a family in Utah, so we maintain a relationship with the family in Utah so that the children could know each other as a family. Yeah, so we have a lot of blendedness going on. A lot. <laughs> a little bit, little, yeah, just a little. Yeah. You know, so, so we know, we, we know some of the struggles, right, um, faced by um, blended families, you know, um, but, you know, some of the other dynamics that we, you know, didn't have time to discuss today that we want to just quickly mention is like humility. You know, it takes a lot of humility 
um, to, to blend a family. It takes a lot of humility to bend um, to what other people, um, you know, to another person in the relationship in order to keep the harmony in the household. You know, um, resolving guilt and resentment, mm. right, from past relationships. Um, you know, my relationship with Cameron's father was not very good. You know, and even my own relationship with my mother obviously wasn't very good there for a while. And thank God, you know, we've healed our relationship, um, uh, you know, became a disciple. And, and it's wonderful. Um, you, know, you know, it takes time. And, you know, and I could have put that off on, on Bruce, you know. And so we just, you know, those are things you have to deal with. And, you know, yeah, so uh, we got two more that we just want to just uh, uh, make you aware of. Uh, my children versus your children. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, I've heard, uh, we've had, we have a few blended families, and I, one of the ladies came up to us and said, his children, and I, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my gosh, if she's saying it with that much energy, I know she said it at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, you have to never say that again, mm-hmm. ever say that again. I said, you've got to understand what damage you're doing to him. And then what damage you're doing to the children if they hear you? Because you've already pulled sides now. And then uh, the last one is uh, giving versus taking. Be a giver and not a taker. And uh, right now, uh, we want to thank you guys for coming to the class. If you have any questions, we have our... uh, our, uh, Yeah, we'd like to open it up. We have Will Archer here. He's the guy that... uh, is in our life a lot. <laughs> and so he helps us out. So if we can't answer, maybe he can throw some input out there. Uh, and uh, so if you have any questions or anything, we'd like to open it up to you. And uh, yeah. Does anybody have any questions? Sure. Thank you. Um, you mentioned like that you have your father involved and you were involved. I, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm dating right now. And like, I'm hoping that that's my future. But at the same time, like I have him, my father, my daughter's father involved. And now I have a godly man involved in I'm just like, I'm terrified of how to handle it. Yeah. Like, right, I, right. Like you said, how do I respect the man that's my, my daughter's father, but also respect God and respect, you know, my potential future husband? Like, how do you, how do you balance that? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it is a balance. from a family like that. Like, this is so foreign to me. Like, I never, my family, my parents are still together, so, like, I've never lived like that. I don't really have divorce in my family, which is very uncommon, as you see, like, to have that, but it's so foreign, I'm like yeah. terrified. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> so, yeah, curious. no, 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 that's a, a very good question. And so um, some of the things that I did, you know, when I when we became disciples, you know, I did talk to um, Cameron's father and let him know, you know, that I'd become a disciple. And we worked through some issues that we had, you know, previously had, you know, and some <laughs> forgiveness in my heart that I had to um, go through. And so, um, so we have a, a relationship, but that relationship is solely based on our son. You know, like my husband is secure because he knows what my relationship with him is based on. And that's it. We're not having a whole lot of other conversations outside our son. You know, um, he's actually, when um, Cameron graduated from high school, he actually came and stayed with us. Um, And, you know, we all threw the party together and everything. Like it's, um, you know, because he understands you know, what his role is in my life and what my husband's role is in my life, you know. And and Kay, and Bruce also talked to him. Like, I'm not trying to replace you as his dad. You know, we sat down and had a frank conversation. Like, I'm not trying to replace you, right. you know, as dad. Like, he knows you're his dad and, you know, and he was able to, to get on board with that, you know. And so, 
you know, Cameron was the first grandbaby on both sides. And so there's a, this whole large family that we had to have conversations with, <laughs> you know. So I think it's communication. I think it's conversations, um, making sure your spouse is always aware of your communications with your ex. And, you know, just making sure you're always open about everything. Because when you don't trust and just, and when your relationship's right with God, he trusts implicitly. Like, there's no questions about that in your, when you're trying to balance it, you know, but it's just being open and setting the boundaries. Does that make sense? Yeah. A little bit. Did, Will, did you have anything you wanted to add to that or anything? That's... I think that's amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it takes so much courage, honestly, to do that, yeah. but where there's clear communication and where you're unified, I think that's, that's where the victory comes. Mm-hmm. Thank it you. It takes man. a lot of courage. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have a very uh, great situation from so many sides, but you're dealing with a lot of aspects of mature individuals who are dealing with the situation, and everyone has seemingly has a cool head, and everyone's mature. Yeah. Now, there's a flip side to that. Yes, there is. <laughs> That's why we open it up for questions, because we know that we're not the... <laughs> because, you know, with us, it's we deal with, you know, my ex-wife mm-hmm. with our son, and there's sometimes there's this, this electricity of throwing shots <laughs> of the past or things like that, mm-hmm. including her in conversations that we may be having through email about our son, and, yeah. and it's like me is trying to, as newly married, trying to uh, protect my wife but also my son, and keep a cool head. Yeah. Uh, and trying to be a disciple at the same time, okay, how do I respond to this? Because this conversation that really is very simple is turning into a, not a book. Like, this, this is really... So, you know, it, it's kind of being in the middle of that. It's, it's very confusing because I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to respond here. But this is very simple. Questions have already been answered. We've already given very clear, you know, instructions. Mm-hmm. And then, be clear. And it's more of this, and you can see all this emotion happening. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to respond to that. My wife is very good at that. She's a honey. We don't need to respond right now. That's right. Yeah. Super smart. So it's been a week and a half, and it's awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, you still need to respond. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to be careful that I don't impose throwing a grenade into this whole yeah. situation because there's that simple nature of wanting to, you know, you know what, let, let, let me, there's a lot of things I could say here, but at the same time, I want to make sure that we're firm in what we're saying together as a unit, mm-hmm. but trying to give the respect as, okay, this is, you know, your child as well, and, you know, be a disciple, be humble, but make a point and make sure it's clear. So I don't know. There's a lot of variables to what I said about that. No, no, I understand um, because, <laughs> you know, I was actually uh, last week um, reading about the fruits of the spirit. And one of those fruits of the spirit is definitely not the clap back. Like, I'm really good at like, okay, you said something, now I'm about to say something back. You know, because we kind of deal with a situation uh, like that in the family. And we usually get some of the remarks on Facebook you know, stuff like that. And so you're just kind of like, okay, 
Amen. Okay. You know, um, so you just, and, um, and so I read Psalm 37 a lot, you know, because in Psalms 37, he talks about, you know, how, you know, do not fret and do not worry because that only leads you into greater sin, you know, because as I'm thinking about what I'm going to say back and get like angry about it, now I'm worrying it, now I'm fretting it, I'm at it, I'm trying to figure out what am I going to say back to make this situation right, like why are they saying that, we both love this child, why are you doing this, you know, um, I just don't understand why we're like in our 40s and 50s and you're so immature about this, I don't get it, you know, so I, I mean, I have to pray daily about it and I have to to not worry and fret because I realize that I'm in sin and like you said it has to be answered yep. you know and so you just ask God for the wisdom to to answer it it's not a, always an easy situation you know um you just wish everybody would be mature about it you know but they're not yeah and you're not gonna the thing is that we are in a disciple relationship with a, a couple that is dealing with it sounds like the situation you're going, I mean, it is, she will make him feel so stupid and stuff. And he's just like, and then the, 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 the disciple wife now, the now disciple wife is starting to get frustrated. She's like, look, control this, you know? And he's like feeling like a tug of war. He's like feeling like he's getting his arms ripped off. He's like, oh my gosh. And I just told him, I said, look, man, you have, you're the disciple here. And I know it's so hard. And, and so what we do, we do a lot of praying. And everybody's like, oh, you pray. But honestly, we do a lot of praying. And we ask for God for some clarity. We take some deep breaths before you answer those emails. And we're like, look, because this could come back and haunt you. This could start the next level where she's trying to go. And we don't want to go there. So let's keep it on this, this level here and try to, uh, try to deal with all this right now. And, um, and the thing is that what's so good about this guy is he's always asking for advice before he makes a move. And so he's got level-headed people behind him saying, okay, no, I think it's, I think it's smart that you don't go that route, bro. And I mean, it's almost came to blows where he was about to physically fight somebody. And I was like, dude, you, you're, you're in a different place now. This is, not, this is not where Jesus would want you to take this. So um, I, I hope that helps you just a little. Yeah. Um, amen. My question is more for Cameron on this one. I really appreciate one thing I loved about the past today was your relationship with Bruce. Mm -hmm. I had never met you guys before an hour ago. But you know, I even saw the eye contact you guys would make behind the, behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you guys have a good relationship. That's pretty obvious. Um, I have a similar situation in my life. But we got married a couple years ago. Uh, her biological son is 13. And I'm trying to connect with him. And his main two things are soccer and Fortnite. 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 You know, I'm like, a lot about I don't that. Find those things. So, you know, I gotta pick up a joystick and learn how to, learn how to do more than one. I'm still in the Bruce over here. I'm trying to like, you know, I, how, do, how do I connect? Mm -hmm. um, what, maybe tell me some things that you feel like like happening in your relationship. Yeah, uh, I know. I can share uh, one thing. It's it's funny that you mentioned Fortnite. Um, so our Halo was the thing uh, for me, and uh, he'd never he'd seen anything like that before in his life. Uh, so, but we would play. Um, he would play with us. He would play with me all the time. Uh, and he's like, I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting dizzy. I feel like I'm about to go throw up. I was like, oh, he's I'm like, good. I'm like, because you're spinning around on the screen, you won't stop. Uh, but uh, like, what what helped a lot was that I knew that it wasn't something that he liked to do. Um, I knew it wasn't something necessary that was fun for him, 
but he still did it with me. Um, even though it was terrible for him, it was probably a horrible experience, but uh, he, he still did it. And uh, for me, like, that showed me, like, okay, like, he does care about me because there's no other reason that he would actually do this. Uh, there's no other enjoyment except for just enjoying me. Um, and I think that definitely helped me connect a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah and uh, what I did, because I was so horrible at it, um, and I couldn't understand. I, I knew how to do football on Xbox and stuff, but I couldn't do this running around and looking and shooting at the same time. And so what I did was I said, okay, Cameron, let's come up this. You're good. Protect me, man. I'm going to sit right here in this, this, whole, this, this thing right here. And you, man, you run around like crazy, man, and start killing. And I'm just going to try to pick them off. And, and, and so if, and then at the very end, we were jumping on each other and everything. It's like, oh, my gosh. And so I, I just knew what my strengths were in that game. And I was like, do not move. Just in one spot. But it was really cool because he was the hero in the game. And I became the lesser. And I was just like, man, you're, you're the guy. And the, dude, you're the horse on this team right now. So let's let's get out there. Let's go win something, you know. And we would have so much fun with that. So okay. if that made any sense, yeah. like that. And in sports, um, I, I I didn't get into taekwondo as much. I was a football player growing up and everything. But he loved taekwondo. I mean, I felt like he did. Uh, you did, didn't you? Okay, yeah. And um, and so what I I would do is I, I was on days and I switched to nights just so I could be with him and and, and his brothers. And uh, now I might have I might have went to the extreme on that. And but uh, I think he he realized like man dad's going to support me and then in choir I'm not into choir much and, uh, but he was an amazing singer and so I would go there I take a deep breath I say okay and uh, so I would definitely support him and everything and I uh, help him feel that I'm supporting him and everything and so yeah and Bruce also learned how to do fingernails so oh. he paints daughters nails. I got tired of paying thirty three dollars a pop here and so I got on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, I practiced for about two months, and uh, now I do Rowan's fingernails, and so I'm getting pretty good at it. So, so okay. So, any more questions? Or we got oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. One thing we the second biggest thing that I can tell you that, has, that we still struggle with as much as I pray and you know, seek counsel is the agreement on discipline. Because there's ex-spouses on both sides, and so there's sets of rules in other households. And then those sets of rules try to somehow they make their way into your household, but your set of rules are different. So for me, that whole to the agree on discipline, and then because of course that other sets of rules come in, they say, well, it's you know, I do this at home, and I'm like, well, but this is your home, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That set of rules doesn't apply to this home. Mm -hmm. And then for your spouse to sit there and go, well, that's not fair, because, well, wait a minute. So let's, it's hard when that conversation starts, sometimes starts in front of the kids. Yeah. Yes. It will. Because then once they hear that doubt, like, oh, no, 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 he said it, and now you're trying to change his mind. Right. I was like, ah. Uh, 
but the hardest part that is to really come, it's just hard going back and forth and sometimes you just, you know, in trying to be like the peacemaker or trying to be righteous, which is not necessarily being godly because I'm like, okay, I'm going to give in to you because I don't want to argue anymore in front of the kids. But um, is to, I don't know, how did you come to that? To finally, even if you try to walk away and come back, walk away and come back, walk, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you just keep coming back and saying you can't discipline from a place of guilt. You right, you so cannot. From a, he disciplined so much from a place of guilt because it, it's done. It's, that, was, that divorce happened a long time ago. It's done. It, it's Makes sense. So, yeah. You know, aha. so I don't know, how do you, at some point, though, it's like we have to agree. Yeah. It's hard to agree on that discipline. And that's why I said make a list. Like, we literally had to make a list. <laughs> you know, because, like like I said, like, um, like what we agreed, things, even down to what should be disciplined, you know? Like, we just didn't even, I mean, different actions, different things, you know? And we just, we really had to, to sit down and then we had to make compromise. It just takes a lot of compromise. But the thing, the, the most important thing is that the children see you unified with your spouse, you know, and even with the exes. No matter what that discipline is, that you all are unified, you know. Because even when a child goes to, like, a different household, because, you know, um, if Cameron went to visit his dad or whatever, they just had still a whole different dynamic there, uh, free range, I don't know. But... <laughs> So I'm like, uh, buddy, we don't do that here, you know, so, um, you know, and just making sure the children understand, you know, um, the, the principles of the household too. Like, okay, you know, I understand that that's what's going on over here, but when you're in this household, here is what we're committed to because this is, and if your relationship was good with God, this is what we're actually committed to. Cause even with our sons that we have, um, together, you know, when they started making decisions outside the basic principles of our household, we had to tell them, these are the principles in our household, okay? For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We put that everywhere. We were like, bro. We actually, I actually wrote it up on the wall and pasted it there and put it on sticky notes. So to remind them, these are the rules and the basics for our household. You know, when you go out there in the world and you're doing that thing, okay. You know, I don't, we don't judge them or anything, but when you walk through this door, this is what we expect from you. You know, as unified parents, this is what we expect. So the first thing is you're going to have to get unified with your spouse, you know, on what you agree and disagree on and make sure that you're communicating it as a unit to your children. Yeah, the, the winners are going to be the kids. That's, uh, and that's, uh, we know that as disciples. I mean, we do. And uh, so... Uh, Amen. Uh, I think we're we're at five, and uh, I thought we'd be out here at four thirty as fast as we were running through this. Um, uh, thank you guys so much for coming. If you have any more questions, we'll stay around for a few minutes or anything like that. Uh, and uh, again, thank you for everything, guys. Amen. Come on.